Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steelers' short passing game is imploding, jeopardizing the season. So is your favorite football team heading for another disastrous December swoon? Welcome to the Steelers' update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. December's the time when playoff teams rise to another level. It's also the season when playoff pretenders start leaking oil. Unfortunately, the previously undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers seem to fall into the latter category following their 23-17 upset loss at Heinz Field to the Washington football team. The loss has upset all of Steelers Nation, which finds itself in full panic mode as The Pittsburgh football team is about to face an even tougher test up in Buffalo on Sunday night. Worse, Big Ben Roethlisberger and the boys have lost their identity on offense. They can't run. And now they can't throw their short passing game. Pittsburgh's offense is one-dimensional, and the Ravens and now Washington have exposed exactly how to grind it to a halt, especially on crucial third and fourth downs and in the red zone. Hey, this is a huge problem that will not be easy to fix. And we analyze the Catch-22 issue in this podcast. We're going to go deep about what ails that Steelers offense. Of course, it doesn't help that the Steelers' own offensive players have been doing their best to stop themselves. Receivers aren't catching the football now that the weather has turned cold. Newsflash, Pittsburgh, it's even colder up in Buffalo. Free agent tight end Eric Ebron can't block and is turning into, well, the Ebron of old. Not good. The offensive line can't get any push for the running game or around the goal line, and all those short passes are starting to get batted back into Big Ben's face, or up into the air and into the hands of opposing defenders. All the while, Coach Mike Tomlin is threatening to bench receivers who can't hold on to the football, but Big Ben might be really to blame for the Steelers' systemic offensive woes. Namely, 
the aging QB with a surgically repaired throwing elbow seems to have little inclination and even less ability to go deep downfield with his throws with any kind of regularity or accuracy. This deep threat deficit, more than anything else, even the lack of a running game, is what's making the Steelers' offense so one-dimensional and now easy to stop. A total offensive reset is called for. But the question is, can Big Bennett and his supporting cast pull it off? This will determine whether the Steelers rebound in December or continue this downward spiral that could lead to another late-season swoon and ultimately an early Pittsburgh playoff exit. Coach Mike Tomlin had some tart takes on two of the Steelers' biggest offensive problems. On the lack of the running game, Tomlin said, quote, if you don't get a yard, you don't deserve the win, unquote. The Steelers couldn't, and they didn't win. And about all those wide receivers and tight ends dropping passes, seven against Washington and a similar number just days before versus the Ravens, Tomlin issued a clear threat to his less than sure-handed pass catchers. Quote, they can catch the ball or they can get replaced by those who will catch it, unquote. Hey, if your coach threatening your job doesn't bring results, nothing will. And those positive results for Pittsburgh are need to come quick to stop another late-season Steelers swoon. We know that this is not the first time Pittsburgh has tanked in the NFL's most crucial month. Decembers to remember have been few and far between for the Steelers of late. They've mostly been Decembers to forget, put up or shut up months where the Steelers' seasons have fizzled and Pittsburgh failed to make the playoffs two years in a row. As it stands right now, the Steelers, even following that stinging loss, still hold the inside track on the AFC's lone playoff bye. That's by virtue of losing to an NFC East team rather than a team in the AFC. But clearly, the Kansas City Chiefs, looking to defend their Lombardi claim last year, are head and shoulders better right now. So is Buffalo. As we're going to size up in this podcast, even the Ravens are rising following their COVID woes, and in the wake of the Steelers' loss, the Cleveland Browns are barking that the Pittsburgh Steelers have opened the door for them to claim the division when the teams play again at the mistake by the lake to cap off the regular season. Hey, is that real enough for you, Steelers Nation? No? Well, I have some of the most terrible tweets about your favorite football team and its sudden turn in fortune, plus the smartest analysis for what the Steelers must do to turn it around, beginning with the big test up in Buffalo. And it's all here in this first loss, no longer perfect edition of the Steelers Update Podcast. So let's get right to it. So what is it about December and the Steelers starting to swoon? Pittsburgh radio host Mark Madden tartly tweets about the Steelers staining the sheets instead of being snug in the beds awaiting the football present of the playoffs. The Steelers have 
crap the bed the past two Decembers, just saying. That's from Mark Madden. A timely season's greeting, of course. But who would have thought that it would be the Washington football team dancing on the grave of the Steelers' undefeated season? Boy, did it inspire some massive Twitter memes. You can check out the best ones in my Thursday column on Penn Live. Trust me, you'll want to. It's worth a gallows laugh, some gallows humor in the Twitter meme department. But there is this, as tweeted by Matt Light, quote, the Pittsburgh Steelers are still undefeated versus teams with names. A little bit of humor there. But enough with the Washington loss. What is wrong with this offense and how can it be fixed and fast? Nick Farabaugh spent hours looking at the tape and came up with this tweet storm with several conclusions about the Steelers' O. First, the short passing game has been exposed, according to Farbaugh. He tweets this, quote, The Steelers have to adjust this offense. Teams have taken the film they have and countered this entire Steelers offense. The Steelers cannot keep throwing only short, quick passes. Time to push the ball downfield. Punish teams for selling out for the underneath stuff, unquote. So the natural fix, according to Farbaugh, is Ben needs to go deep. He says this, quote, The Steelers' offense is not just one-dimensional. They are one-dimensional inside that one dimension. This team relies way too much on these short passes. Big first key to opening up this offense is diversifying the attack and attacking all three levels of the field. I'd much rather have the Steelers gain a consistent deep passing game than a consistent running game. If you start hitting those deep shots, the running game likely follows with it thanks to more too high looks. There's some flashes, but they got to try it more and hit them more too. Finally, from Fallball, he says this, quote, The Steelers' passing game consists of deep bombs down the sideline, screens, slants, and shallow in roots. There's nothing else. Sorry, that's not going to be enough to win games when you can't run the football. And it's not like Ben can't make the tough throws over the middle, unquote. Of course, running the ball would help, but Farball warns fixing that won't be easy. His analysis of the state of the Steelers' running game, quote, The Steelers' struggles in the running game are threefold. One, the offensive line gets no push due to consistent bad pad level. Two, running backs are fine, but they offer nothing special. Connor coming back will help. Three, predictable plays plus loaded boxes. They lose the numbers game pre-snap, unquote. Alas, the biggest and most immediate improvement for the Steelers, though, would be their receivers simply catching catchable balls. Stop the drops. Farbaugh tweets this, quote, I've talked about schematic stuff all week is how to improve this offense. Bottom line, first step to improve this offense is clean up the drops. 13 over two weeks, those add up fast. They stagnate your offense. Lower that number to even two or three, and this offense is much better, unquote. Hey, that's all great stuff from Nick Farball, but the blueprint 
for the Washington upset was a month in coming. The Steelers left themselves exposed and vulnerable. The Ravens came very close to toppling Pittsburgh's unblemished record a week before. Washington sealed the deal. The question is, did they seal the Steelers' fate to another late-season swoon? Here's how Jerry Dulac with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette sums up the Steelers' sorry state of offense, just as the Pittsburgh playoff push should be hitting high gear. He writes, quote, It wasn't just against Washington, which beat the Steelers 23-17, by coming back from an 11-point deficit in the second half. It's been this way against every team since November. There is no moving the ball with the run for the Steelers, who had their worst outing in a season rife with miserable efforts, gaining 21 yards on 14 carries and having eight runs of zero or negative yards on Monday. There is only a pitch-and-catch offense that has to throw the ball season-high 53 times, even when the Steelers have a 14-point lead. It is an offense that when there is a surprising gain with a running play, such as Anthony McFarland's nine-yard run on the first play of the second series after halftime, it feels compelled to throw the ball eight of the next nine plays. Or when Ben Roethlisberger attempted 11 consecutive passes after Benny Snell gained seven yards on the first play of a 13-play field goal drive last week against the Ravens. Something needs to change in attempt to find some semblance of balance, even if it's a more representative imbalance. It's up to offensive coordinator Randy Feekner to do something about it. He either has to find more creative ways to gain a yard, something the Steelers failed to do on seven instances against Washington, or emphasize a greater need to run the ball with the play calling. Failing that, maybe it's up to Tomlin to step in and exert a greater influence as he does with the defense. What has happened to all the pre-snap motion, misdirection, and jet sweeps installed by quarterback coach Matt Canada that were designed to bring some unpredictability to the offense? Right now, the only pre-snap motion comes with false starts. If anything, the Steelers are becoming predictable on offense. Defenses are bringing their safety down into the box, not because they respect the run, but to disrupt the short, quick passing game. Too many of those quick throws are coming up short of the chains because defenders are waiting to prevent a first down. All this needs to change before it comes back to bite them again. Unquote. Great stuff. Great analysis from Jerry Dulac. And it all better happen fast, too, because here's the view from up in Buffalo where the Bills' offense is firing due largely to its run-pass threat of a QB and the deep threat represented by thriving free agent Stephon Diggs, who was clearly digging it up there in upstate New York. On the Bills, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette writes this scary preview of Buffalo's playmakers. Quote, Josh Allen is an MVP favorite. Allen has been great as both a running and passing threat. His 3,403 air yards rank fifth in the NFL. He's been responsible for 26 touchdowns against just eight interceptions. And he's been able to make plays with his legs piling up 322 yards and six scores on the ground. 
The Steelers haven't yet faced a quarterback who's been better in 2020, so Allen will present quite a test for the defense. Then there's Stephon Diggs, who's leading a deep Buffalo receiving core. Diggs has snagged a league-leading 90 passes for a total of 1,037 yards and four scores. Beyond Diggs, Buffalo's trio of Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, and John Brown can nearly match the depth of the Steelers has shown at the position. They all average at least 12.1 yards per reception, a reflection of their downfield prowess, and they've combined to score 11 touchdowns. That is some serious production to pair with their bona fide number one in Stephon Diggs. Finally, the Buffalo running game is just okay. Like the Steelers, the Bills turn to their ground game somewhat sparingly. They're 19th in attempts and 23rd in yards per game at 102. To put that in perspective, they're averaging only about 10 yards more than the Steelers. Unquote. All from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Signing up the challenge up in Buffalo. And about that challenge... Are you worried, Steelers Nation? Me? Hell yes, I'm worried. As Pittsburgh radio host Mark Madden said of the Buffalo matchup, it's suddenly a game that means everything. It's suddenly a game the Steelers are scared of. You are too, unquote. Hey, I admit it. And my biggest fear, believe it or not, is whether Big Ben still has the arm for the accurate deep ball. To me, this is the key to shattering the Steelers' one-dimensional short-passing game offense, stretching the field and opening up room for the running game as well. It would solve everything, so why hasn't it happened? Well, if you remember, way back in training camp at Heinz Field, there was chatter about Ben's throwing motion on the deep ball, and this was coming off his reconstructive elbow surgery. Something wasn't right with the motion, and certainly something was wrong with the accuracy of Ben's long ball. This has proven prophetic. December could prove to be the cruelest month once again for these Steelers. But if it does, it will be because the seeds of the Steelers' offensive implosion were sown back in August. That's when Ben first showed signs the deep ball wasn't there anymore. He and the Steelers have shied away from it ever since. Now, it's all coming home to roost. It's threatening to ruin a special season. Say it isn't so, Steelers Nation. Hey, I wish I could tell you it wasn't so. But it is. And however it plays out, December to remember and celebrate, or a month of misery to forget, we will cover it right here on your Steelers Update podcast, So download the podcast wherever you download your favorite audio. Better yet, sign up for it so you get it automatically every Wednesday. And of course, log on to PennLive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.